Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Here we go into a Wednesday. Good morning to you. Thanks for listening in this morning. Chilly. Waking up uh, in some places, the Treasure Valley, it's uh, going to seem a little like Christmas mm-hmm. again this morning. It, it's weird because I, I thought, you know, maybe. So I got, into, got up and get going this morning. Completely dry. Um, no snow overnight. Nampa, where I drove in from. But as I come into <laughs> Boise, it's absolutely beautiful in downtown Boise. Uh, you got uh, the snow in the trees. Look like you got another um, dusting. I don't think a lot fell in downtown Boise, but just enough to make it pretty this morning. Mm-hmm. Especially where we're sitting at 32 degrees, so it's not melting as of yet. Snow continuing to fall in the mountain areas, so you might want to check your road reports. I know we're you know, coming into the middle of April, uh, but this isn't something rare. This happens a lot of times almost every year where you mm-hmm. get these late late storms that I think dump a lot of snow. What causes it to happen is uh, when they close the ski resorts. Yeah, it is it is interesting. I bet some of them go right now that wow, we could have made uh, another few hundred thousand dollars if we but there's no way of knowing that this mm-hmm. s- that's true. storm would be coming. Well, so. and and if you don't close them, it doesn't snow. That's that's probably true also. Uh, phone lines are open once again this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also get through no matter where you are listening, uh, toll free, 1-800-529-5264. Email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Coming up a little bit later this morning, Congressman Russ Fulcher is uh, going to be here in the studio with us this morning. This is uh, the first time in, I can actually say years, that Congressman... Russ Fulcher has been in the studio. This time of day. Yeah. With us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's been in uh, with Nate Shellman before. Um, then, of course, COVID cut, kind of shut things down, and we weren't allowed to have anybody in the building. So even when we wanted to have him in, we were not allowed to have him That's in. That's a really good point. Yeah. Our, our building is now back open. Um, so in the 8 o'clock hour, we will uh, be talking with Congressman Russ Fulcher. Questions for the congressman? Here's your chance to get them in today um, already. If you'd like to email them in, we always have time. And we may have extra time this morning. I'm efforting to find out, um, since he is coming into the studio, we may have him for the full hour. If we do, we could open the phone lines um, and let mm-hmm. you ask, ask some questions if you would like to do that this morning. So then, then we could take a walk or something. I will uh, confirm that, by the way, and let you know if you'll be able to get through. But um would be nice because that's another thing we haven't been able to do. It's just it's really difficult to take questions when you have, you know, us in the studio, congressmen in Washington, D.C., or trying to take calls at home and then trying to put calls through to that person on the phone at the same time. Um, just not quite as easy as being able to uh, see the person and uh, be able to take the phone calls with just the question asker on the uh, mm-hmm. on the phone line with us. So right. that's coming up uh, also this morning. A reminder that uh, this Friday we're just uh, a couple of days closer to uh, where we will get a chance to eat breakfast and do our show. We have the best jobs ever. <laughs> so hometown breakfast again Friday, uh, and it's this week. Um, brought to you once again by our good friends, Cloverdale Plumbing. Huge thank you. And this week we are headed to La Peep in Meridian. This is where we'll be two days from now, broadcasting live. Now, keep in mind, this is one of the locations that do not start serving breakfast until 7. Okay. Last, last week was awesome because Big City Coffee 
Started at 6. We were able to start ordering food up and coffee and all that stuff beginning at 6 o'clock this week. You'll have to wait until 7. It's another big week uh, also because this week we do have Jimmy Buffett concert tickets. Jimmy Buffett, Coral Reefer Band coming up here later this year to Boise. You have a chance to win your tickets. Um, And as we mentioned, this is great because the only people that are going to have a chance to win tickets are people that actually show up to La Peep and Meridian and show us that they have the KBOI app, the radio Mm. app, on their device. Whether it's a phone, device, whatever, bring it in. Show that you have it, and you will be allowed to enter into the grand prize drawing. We will give away the pair of tickets at the end of the show. If you don't have it loaded onto your phone right now, like uh, I'm sure you do, I do. I do. um, Then you can have two days to get it loaded on. You can even show up that morning and load it on your phone, and we'll still allow you to uh, enter into the grand prize drawing. So it's uh, a very good chance of yeah, winning. It's a, a free app, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, and it's not, you know, as as hard to win as uh, the lottery, which, by the way, lottery's getting up there again. Mm-hmm. $308 million tonight for the Idaho Powerball. So we're, we're right on the cusp of when I start to go, there maybe are, I should buy some tickets just in case. Mega Millions is is, is in the six figures right now. To, or, excuse me, nine figures also. Isn't also, it? I, yeah. I think, I just know that the... I saw that the Powerball, which drawing is happening tonight, was at three hundred and eight eight million. Okay. At least three hundred and eight million. It could go higher than that because you start to get these higher prices, uh, payouts rather. Then more and more people start to buy, mm-hmm. especially from border states who don't do the lottery. <laughs> it's it's worth it for them to take a little drive to do that. Um, and at three hundred and eight million dollars, um, you know that that would buy you a few tanks of gas. Finally, I could I could be able to afford to go wherever I wanted to again. <laughs> You could, uh, well, I mean, for that amount of money, I'm sure you could buy your own plane as well. Yeah. Uh, The manhunt in New York City continues for the person of interest in the uh, subway attack. Still not found. Still questions to be answered. Unusual. They're looking for a 62-year-old man. Yeah. And he's he's just a person of interest. We do want to say that. It's not, you know, they're not definitively mm-hmm. saying this is the person that shot up the subway. You can be a person of interest without necessarily being an interesting person. Yeah. So police are still su- searching for that s- suspect. Um, it's interesting. There are cameras throughout all the subway system. Um, uh, unfortunately, the uh, cameras weren't working where the shooting took place, which is strange. Um, because you know they've they've said they've gone out of their way to make subways safer in New York mm-hmm. City by putting up these cameras. Yet here, when they're oh. needed, how many like people? there was at least three cameras that weren't working, so they don't have a good security camera shot of the guy who was doing the shooting. Think of how many people uh, that would have died had they not been so safe. The people or the camera shots that they do have come from actual eyewitness. Telephones. Thank goodness. <laughs> or else, you know, we wouldn't have probably right now even a person of interest. But we'll keep you updated on that. I'm sure there will be breaking news uh, throughout the day. And, of course, one of the things that uh, we will be talking about is the thing that whenever something like this happens, and this is um, the second similar shooting. Uh, when I say similar, I mean uh, a lot of people were were shot Sacramento just a few weeks ago it happened and now subway in New York and of course this always brings back to the question what do you do about it well it's over 
for now until the next I one. Guess, I guess you arrest the guy. Well, if you can find him, because right now he hasn't been arrested. We don't even know who the person might be. We have a person of interest, they're saying. But um, what do you do about the guns? I mean, that's that, once again, it's something for the next week or two we'll talk about, and then it'll go away until the next one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it basically comes down to do we uh, uh, put them all in a pile and melt them down, or do we just let people keep them? Uh, we need more laws. That's what it is. We need more laws. Yeah. Second Amendment says they can keep them. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll talk more about this this morning. Uh, once again, uh, phone lines are open. It's time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Today is Wednesday. And, of course, you know you, you knows what that means, don't you? I does. One of their most popular soups again, jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar soup. Team that up. Today's going to be another soup day. Team that up with uh, a delicious sandwich, maybe a wrap, or even a salad. And you got yourself a great meal at Fat Guys Fresh Deli Meridian. Good morning. Not a huge sports day, but we had a lot of baseball going on yesterday. And just when I thought the A's were starting to pull it together, this happened. Here's Margot standing in. And the first one to him by Trevino is lined to third over third. Down the left field line, all the way to the corner. And here comes Juan Franco to score the winning run. It's the first walk-off of the 2022 season. The Rays win it 9-8. to eight. So once again, that's the Rays beating the Oakland A's in extra innings. That one final in 10-9-8. How about the Seattle Mariners? Well, they dropped one yesterday to the White Sox by a score of 4-3. to three. And the San Francisco Giants got it done. One strike pitch. Swing, and there's a drive into the gap. Left center field. That's going to get down. Base hit. Over the field and on a hop is Grisham. In to score is Ruff. Rounding third is Crawford. He scores. And over to third, Wilmer Flores. And now it is a big inning. The Giants have put four runs on the board. Good listen to John Miller and KNBR all day long. Uh, other games last night, the Red Sox defeated Detroit 5-3. to Cleveland, a winner over Cincinnati 10-5. to The Cubbies beat the Pirates by a score of 2-1. to Mets beating the Phillies shut them out 2-zip. Milwaukee by Baltimore 5-4. to The Yankees defeated Toronto 4 to nothing. The Angels have played pretty well, actually. They're, they beat Miami again yesterday, 4-3, to and Atlanta destroys Washington by a score of 16-4. to Last one's for you, the Dodgers over Minnesota, 7-2, to and St. Louis gets by the Royals by a score of 6-5. to I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Police are still searching for the suspect in today's subway shooting in Brooklyn. ABC's Aaron Katursky on scene with more. He had boarded the train earlier, a Manhattan-bound N-train, donned a gas mask after he was seen mumbling on the train for a while, and then released a smoke canister. And as the, the subway car filled with smoke, that's when he opened fire with a, a 380 caliber handgun. Ten people were shot. Nineteen in all are being treated at Brooklyn-area hospitals. New York City Councilwoman Alexa Avalese also at the scene says the latest violence signals the city and nation is ignoring mental health after the pandemic. The city is struggling um, and suffering also on the, on the heels of a disinvestment in mental health and health care overall. So this is a compounded crisis. I mean, I think the violence that we're seeing, and we have been advocating for many, many years, that this is a public health issue. Police say the cameras at the subway stations near that crime scene were not transmitting video in real time due to a glitch. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. A uh, person of interest by the name Frank James is who they are looking for. <laughs> Brother of Jesse James um, in the Old West. It might it? be a little bit difficult uh, for him to hide because they also have very good pictures of him. Um, I was kind of shocked in going to bed last night. I thought, oh, they're going to probably have, have found him by this morning, but that's not the case. So mm. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that uh, he, he so far has been able to uh, elude capture for questioning yeah i mean how many places could there be to hide in brooklyn especially when you have uh that good of pictures uh being disseminated on social media the news and everything like that so it probably would be a little difficult to hide in in brooklyn when you have (laughs) your face plastered everywhere no matter what you do in brooklyn i'm guessing you're going to have witnesses probably um a couple of uh, news stories yesterday that we'll talk about this morning having to do with uh homeless Problem here in uh, Idaho. First of all, Idaho lawsuit. Governor Brad Little and other Idaho officials dropped their lawsuit against uh, homeless protesters yesterday. However, that doesn't mean the legal battle is over. The same protesters who had the lawsuit dropped hit back by filing a federal complaint with the help of Idaho legal aid yesterday saying their constitutional rights were violated during the weeks-long demonstration. Little announced that he and Attorney General Lawrence Wasden had dropped the lawsuit filed March 15th because the protesters uh, had not come back to the property, so they thought that there was no need for a lawsuit to get them off the property any longer since they had not returned. Also, if you win a lawsuit against homeless people, that you, all you have is the satisfaction of winning. Well, you have the satisfaction also of knowing that you can keep them off the property legally okay, if, they, if they were to come back. Fine, there's that too. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, zoning... Um, uh, is being looked at possibly being changed in Boise so that homeless shelters would not be allowed to move or be built in any location within 300 feet of a residential zoning district. Okay. So in other words, if this had passed, now this is only for future, the interfaith sanctuary uh, location, which they had purchased, and they're still fighting to try and get a homeless shelter built there on State Street, still can go through. There's a possibility it could still be built there because this would not be affected by the new zoning laws. However, if this new zoning laws goes through the city, that particular location would not be allowed because it's mm-hmm. within 300 feet of a residential zone area. I wonder why 300 feet as opposed to, say, 100 or 500. I don't know. 300 feet, I guess, is 100 yards. So that's a, that's that's if, quite a long ways. From, if 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 you're at the homeless shelter and you can see somebody's house, basically in the in the other end zone, you're 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 too close. You're or too you're, close. Yeah. Actually, you're just about the right <laughs> distance away. Um, so if you'd like to uh, comment on that, you can also uh, email us this morning. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. Chris monitoring that. Emails are Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, also, uh, we have text messages, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Thanks for listening in. You uh, can be a part of the show once again, as usual. Phone lines are open at 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Dow Futures down uh, just 12 points uh, after uh, losing yesterday uh, at the end of the day. Uh, looks like all the indexes currently uh, down as of right now. We'll be checking in with Jeremiah Bates 
once again coming up here in uh, just about 45 minutes from right now. Let's talk about your money. Um, we were talking uh, a little bit of baseball. Rick Worthington was. Uh, history was uh, set yesterday. San Francisco Giants assistant coach Alyssa Nacon became the first female coach to ever make an appearance on field during a Major League Baseball yeah, game yesterday. Coached uh, first base. Yep. Uh, did you see the uniforms that the Giants were wearing last night? I did not. They they were they were uh, throwbacks. I, it, well, not throwbacks, but kind of one of those City Connect uh, uniforms, and it had a picture of the uh, uh, Golden Gate Bridge on the shoulder, and then just a big orange G on the front for some reason. I, I didn't think they were terribly attractive. <laughs> Even as you were describing it, the the big G doesn't sound really attractive. That's there, just me. There, there are other you know teams that have nicer ones. Houston uh, has uh, some that say Space City on them, and mm-hmm. Washington has some that actually have cherry blossoms. Um, by the way, uh, she is not their regular first base coach. Regular first base coach was ejected from the game, and then the next <laughs> inning she was the person that took over. Um, you think you'll be nice enough to do that a lot? <laughs> Um, manager uh, Gabe Kapler of the Giants is the person who hired her for the role. Um, she first joined the Giants baseball operations as an intern back in 2014. No kidding. Yeah. In July of 2020, she appeared on the field for the first time at an exhibition game against the uh, Oakland Athletics. It was kind of cool. Uh, Eric Hosmer at the San Diego Padres, first baseman at San Diego, is who they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, when she came out, shook her hand and congratulated her for uh, breaking the glass ceiling. Kind of cool. She, by the way, if you're wondering, um, she was a superstar softball player for Sacramento State. Mm. So, so there's very good the, baseball the, player in her own right. So there's now been one assistant coach who was female, but still no players or managers. No. Um, the, I, I think we'll see manager. I don't think we'll ever see a player, unless it's a player who identifies yeah. as a female. Um. It, it just it, yeah, so, so it far, takes so much more strength. So far, we haven't done that either in baseball. No, um, it'll be interesting. But I think we'll eventually, and I, I personally believe, probably in our lifetime, years of my lifetime, unless you know that God says, "Hey, um, your lifetime is over next week" or something. <laughs> um, I think within our lifetime, we'll probably see a. a uh, That'd be terrible. Manager who was a female. Hey, good news is I finally heard the voice of God. Bad news. Cool. It's also cool. Um, she apparently is a lifelong San Francisco Giants fan. That's cool. Um, she went to her first Giants game when she was three weeks old. She remembers not, that, huh? Not by herself. Her oh, parents okay. Her parents <laughs> took her to the game. It's time for a uh, look at sports once again. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. The w- place to go for lunch every day. I would not take a three-week-old. You know, what, what if she gets hit by a foul ball? That's what you're there for, to protect your baby. Well, yeah. And you take a mint with you, too. Uh, by the way, get into Fat Guys Fresh Daily. They're open Monday through Saturday, every day at uh, 1030 in the morning. Check out their menu, all new menu, fatguysfreshdaily.com. Good morning. One of the big storylines in the NFL this year will be all about Aaron Rodgers. Not only is he an MVP caliber quarterback, but there was a lot of talk that he might not be back in Green Bay. Of course, he is. And one of the guys he brought out of retirement was Tom Clements, who will be the new quarterback's coach. He talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit yesterday, as well as having to develop the backup quarterback, Jordan Love. Well, I've watched some film, and then uh, I, I 
watched him when he was coming out. I was in Arizona, so I, I, I uh, have a little bit of familiarity with him. So, um, you know, he's a very good athlete. I didn't. I never had the opportunity to talk to him prior to time, uh, prior to me coming here. I've talked with him on the phone a couple times. He'll be here in a week, and looking forward to, to getting to know him a little better. But he's, you know, he has a strong arm. He's athletic, and those are good qualities to have. And we'll just try to develop him as best we can. You're looking at other NFL storylines today. You can look to the Washington Commanders who may have failed to refund security deposits, concealed revenue, and kept two sets of financial books. The U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee alleged in a letter that was sent to the Federal Trade Commission. There's a 20-page letter that detailed what the committee said was a multi-year process of altering records to hide revenue and led to more profits from the organization. Uh, That will certainly be discussed over the coming days. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Just heard in a traffic update with Ron that uh, slick roads out there, off-ramps, overpasses, bridges, be careful. Those are some slick spots. Just got a text message in from uh, someone said that they had uh, slid out on one of the on-ramps this morning because it's very slick, and uh, mm-hmm. it didn't look slick, they said. So just be careful. Take a little extra time because there are some uh, very slick spots out there. We'll keep you updated on traffic. Also, uh, update programming-wise for you this morning, Casper and Chris, Damn Near Impossible Question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. If you need uh, anything having to do with real estate, they can help. Call today at 208-888-4128. The change is that instead of uh, 8.15, we're going to do our question coming up at 7.30 this morning. Congressman Russ Fulcher will be in the studio with us for the entire 8 o'clock hour. That's why we're going to change the time on here. So you have a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to Le Peep if you can answer this question. Cheerleading was uh, an all-male sport. used to be when it first started in the mid-1800s. It stayed that way until this specific thing happened. What event happened that caused women to start to become cheerleaders? If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up at about 740, we'll give you a chance to win that $50 gift certificate to La Peep in Meridian with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. There are cameras all throughout the subway system so they can find the N train line and see if they might be able to spot who they're looking for on any other subway platform camera. They do have eyewitness video and some of that apparently has captured a good enough image of the suspect that police have a pretty good idea now of who they're looking for. It appears that he may have surfaced from the subway because a short while ago, police put out a bulletin looking for a U-Haul van with a specific Arizona license plate. We know that most U-Haul vehicles in this country do have Arizona plates. The, the, the NYPD has a specific one that they're looking for. Now, whether that van is the, the suspects and he's driving around or whether it's parked somewhere, we're not quite sure how it's associated with this particular gunman. Interesting. Did you know that? Which part? 
that uh, most U-Haul vans have Arizona license plates no, in this country? I've never rented one. I didn't know. I, and apparently I hadn't paid that close of attention to them. I had no idea that most uh, vans had Arizona license plate because as part of that story yesterday, I was like, okay, why I, I, did somebody move from Arizona to New York? Or I didn't realize that, as they mentioned in that news mm-hmm. clip there, that uh, most vans, rental vans, have Arizona license plates. Okay. Well, is, is I that, don't know why. Maybe that's where U-Haul's uh, headquarters is. Could be, or maybe there's some I don't know, tax advantages. <laughs> yeah, that's there. also a I don't know. Uh, Matt writes in, 13 people uh, injured by firearm national news. 30 people die the same day uh, nationwide by drunk drivers using a 5,000-pound weapon. Nothing. Over time, these stories will be used to take our firearms away. It's just a matter of time. You can't fix stupid. Uh, I'll go along with that last thing. Um, Aaron, Nampa writes, we don't have a gun problem in this country. We have a people problem. I, I totally and 100% would agree with that. Mm-hmm. U-Haul uh, World Headquarters, Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. All right. That makes sense then. Uh, another text message, 208-336-3700. Same as our uh, main text line number, by the way. Um, talking about the story we had a little bit earlier about Boise city of Boise, looking at changing zoning laws so that uh, places like interfaith sanctuary would not be allowed to be near residential neighborhoods. And you and I had uh, out loud asked the question. I wonder, I wonder why it's 300 feet. Mm -hmm. You know, is that an arbitrary number? Uh, This person writing in says 300 feet is the distance used to notify parcel or homeowners concerning land use issues. The distance is pursuant to the Idaho state land use statute 300 feet is also the standard use for alcohol beverage licensed businesses to be distanced from churches and or schools per Idaho statute. Okay. So we thought there was a reason. We just weren't sure what it was. Dylan has written and says, you want ratings? I challenge you both to a peep eating contest. (laughs) The first two down 20 peeps is the winner. Come on, fellas. You know you want to. Um, No, I'm I'm pretty sure Mike doesn't want to. I don't. I think peeps are the most disgusting. I would easter candy that there possibly is i would do it but uh i would do it but i would throw up way before i got to 20 and nobody wants to my, see that my mother loved peeps did she really i, I mean i guess as, as soon as they hit the store I mean, they didn't used to always be in the stores you know they'd be there basically just around easter and so once they hit the stores she'd buy three or four packs of them and take them home and then the next day go back and get more uh, our, our packs of peeps you know growing up uh, at easter time um my parents bought you know i'm sorry Easter Bunny brought peeps, uh-huh. you know, candied eggs. You got the chocolate Easter bunnies, all, all the different things. And months after Easter would be over, the peeps would still be sitting there. <laughs> like and a fruitcake. Here's the crazy thing. The peeps would still be good. Or they'd still I, be peeps anyway. I think they last for a really long time. And if they get hard, apparently you just put them in a microwave for a few seconds and they soften up again there we go so they're like i guess they're like twinkies the thing is i don't like marshmallows so i guess people who like marshmallows probably like peeps and i'm not a big marshmallow fan. you don't you don't like them toasted yeah Eh, yeah just not a big fan so you have your s'mores with less i have my s'mores uh just with chocolate that's good for me uh (laughs) another email mike uh at kby.com says hi mike and chris in the story you guys were talking about uh, a few days ago uh, in L.A. with the guaranteed $1,000 per month income for three years, it would be interesting to know exactly what the recipients of the free money actually spend their money on. 
I would like to believe it would be on basic needs, but my fear is drugs and alcohol will be purchased using these taxpayer-funded freebies. Not by all, but some. One bad apple ruins the whole bucket. That is the the one thing about this, and this is, it, it's kind of a study in what is going to be going on. Here, here's the thing, though. The people who sign up for this don't have to um, complete the study. They don't have to answer questions if they don't want to. I mean, okay. this is, I mean, it's a guaranteed $1,000 a month for a certain number of people. Now, you have to apply for it. You have to, I think, what was it, $96,000 for a family of four, make less money than that. But once you get that $1,000, you can do with it as you wish. If you want to spend it all on cigarettes and lottery tickets, you're allowed to do that. Now, they're trying to, as I mentioned, um, try to see what most of the people do do with their money. Um, mm-hmm. And that's... Sorry, I just every time you say do, do it. <laughs> and, and that goes into you know the the survey that they're doing but they're not you're not required to be a part of the survey on what you're doing with your money on a monthly basis you can opt out of that survey and just take your money and do whatever you you wish with it my guess is the people that are spending their $1000 on cigarettes booze and lottery tickets <laughs> if there are those people are the people that aren't going to be involved in the survey right uh yeah, probably i mean if you're if you're doing that you do want do you want the world to know that you are spending your money on cigarettes, lottery tickets, and booze? Probably not. So you're probably not going to be taking part in that particular well, no, survey. Not, not necessarily. Uh, people can put up with a lot for a thousand bucks, but they're not being required to. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, so would you volunteer to do it? I don't know, um, because it would. I mean, quite frankly, I, I mean, this is this is California. It's Los Angeles specifically. So I mean, if they want to spend their taxpayer dollars doing that. Go ahead. It's your. It, it's the taxpayers there that are going to elect the representatives that are that are doing this, and it would be interesting to see after this three years is up. How did all these people spend their money? Did it help them get out? Was this the leg up that they needed to get out of their poverty situation? Or three years later, after being given a thousand dollars a month, are they still in the exact same situation that they yeah, were? They could be living in a tent and smoking five packs a day. Yeah. So I mean, this is going to be something interesting that will be uh, kind of kind of uh, interesting to follow along uh, over the next three years. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Remember, uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us. He'll be in studio today, coming up at eight o'clock. We'll have him for a full hour today. Uh, so we will be allowing questions. So if you have questions, you'll be able to call into the show to actually uh, talk to Congressman Russ Fulcher and ask your questions coming up here this morning. That'll be coming up from 8 to 9 o'clock here on News Talk KBOI. Right now, time for another check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com, and then get in today. Find out why they are ranked the number one deli in the entire state of Idaho. Good morning. Not a huge sports day, but we had a lot of baseball going on yesterday. And just when I thought the A's were starting to pull it together, this happened. Here's Margot standing in. And the first one to him by Trevino is lined to third over third. Down the left field line, all the way to the corner. And here comes Juan DeFranco to score the winning run. It's the first walk-off of the 2022 season. The Rays win it 9-8. to So once again, that's the Rays beating the Oakland A's in extra innings. That one final in 10-9-8. How about the Seattle Mariners? Well, they dropped one yesterday to the White Sox by a score of 4-3. to three. And the San Francisco Giants got it done. One strike pitch. Swing, and there's a drive into the gap. Left center field. That's going to get down. Base hit. Over the field and on the hop is Grisham. In to score is Ruff. 
Rounding third is Crawford. He scores. And over to third, Wilmer Flores. And now it is a big inning. The Giants have put four runs on the board. Good listen to John Miller in KNBR all day long. Uh, other games last night, the Red Sox defeated Detroit 5-3. to Cleveland, a winner over Cincinnati 10-5. to The Cubbies beat the Pirates by a score of 2-1. to Mets beating the Phillies shut them out 2-zip. Milwaukee by Baltimore 5-4. to The Yankees defeated Toronto 4 to nothing. The Angels have played pretty well, actually. They're, they beat Miami again yesterday, 4-3. to And Atlanta destroys Washington by a score of 16-4. to Last ones for you, the Dodgers over Minnesota, 7-2. to And St. Louis gets by the Royals by a score of 6-5. to I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, uh, 24 points in the red. Uh, Dow Futures ahead of the opening here in about eight minutes. Jeremiah Bates with us uh, once again this morning uh, to talk about, uh, I would say, your money. But instead, we're going to talk about I- inflation again. Uh, we got a, another um, little tidbit of info showing that uh, inflation, um, even though we, we set a record last month, might not be uh, at its peak yet. Yeah, well, talking about it yesterday, when we saw this inflation number hit and we saw the market start to turn to the upside, we're like, hey, wait a minute, why is that going on? Well, <clears throat> kind of general consensus was that, hey, we're seeing such a historically high number, they got to be peaking at some point, so... <clears throat> Yeah, the worst is behind us. <laughs> Wait a well, minute. Is this one of those situations where they said, hey, look at this. It's the highest since 1981. Here, hold my beer. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. But now the problem now is we have another form of inflation that we look at, which is in the form of the price or the producer price index. So the producer price index is a measure of inflation from the perspective of the producers, meaning wholesale. So you got to look at the uh, producer price index as a leading indicator for the consumer price index, which we saw yesterday. Because here's the deal. When producers are facing input inflation, meaning they're seeing higher costs for just the raw things that they need to actually produce the goods that we want to buy, those increases in their production costs are going to get passed on to the retailer and consumers. So if we're looking back in March and we're seeing high prices for producers, the likelihood of those price that that uh, that raising of tide bringing up all the boats, we are likely going to see another hot inflation reading next month for us as the consumers. And that U.S. producer price rose at 11.2 percent over last year. That's the highest increase that we've seen on record. So again, so that's ever ever not just since 1981. Yeah, well, because it only goes back to 2010. So okay. they kind of changed. They they kind of changed how they um they looked at that index back in 2010. So uh, if it did go back further, we'd probably be seeing it just as high as what we saw yesterday. So so it, meaning, bottom line is expect this uh, inflation to be a little bit more persistent than perhaps what the market uh, was looking at yesterday. In addition to that, earnings are coming out. So this is uh really where it, rubber hits the road of what. What dynamics are affecting actual profitability for companies here in the United States? So Albertsons did report their earnings yesterday. That Those shares fell 8%. They came under significant pressure yesterday because they did have a stronger than expected quarterly performance last quarter, 
But remember, the market's forward-looking. It's not what you did for me for me lately. It's what are you going to do for me in the future? And their forecast for the remainder of the year came in lower than what was estimated. So the market had to readjust that stock price to get a little bit more in line with what they feel those future earnings will be. Yeah, JP Morgan releasing their earnings. Shares are down over 3% because they reported a pretty big hit from disruptions from uh, Russia, the Russia sanctions and the commodity market and, and things like that. Now, on the flip side, you have Delta Airlines. They're up over 4% because the company did actually report profitability in the month of March. And they do have a significant uh, upbeat outlook for revenue across the, uh, the short term, the next three months. So um, we're really going to now keep in mind earnings earnings right now. It's just a point in time, right? Because things can change as the year goes on. Meaning what if inflation gets higher? What if consumer sentiment goes lower? That could change things to the downside or things could flip to the upside, particularly for Delta, because, hey, they have an upbeat outlook for the next three months. But we all know how quickly things can change in that amount of time, which would affect people uh, wanting to travel and buy airline tickets. All right. Uh, stock market looks like it's going to be opening just a little bit in the uh, red as of this morning. We'll get an update from you uh, about an hour from right now and then uh, talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jeremiah. Thanks, Jens. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. You may not know uh, his face, but you definitely know his voice. That was just a montage of some of the clips of Gilbert Godfrey, who uh, lost his uh, battle yesterday after a long illness, passed away at the age of uh, 67 years old. He died from recurrent ventricular tachycardia due to mitonic dystrophy, type 2. Which is... uh I don't know, to give you a point of reference, a little bit like Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. In that your muscles do shut down. Yep. So he'd been battling that for uh, quite a while, passed away at the age of 65 yesterday. Um, Some of you may know him best uh, for his many years before he was fired, um, spent doing this. Oh, whoops, try. (laughs) That was Gilbert Gottfried right there. Right. Um, But... Um, he was fired, dropped by Affleck uh, after he tweeted a joke after a Japanese tsunami that uh, was people in, thought was a little offensive in, in, in bad poor, taste. In poor taste, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they uh, let him let him go. And he was um, part of the cast uh, that replaced the original cast on Saturday Night Live in 1980 when the show tanked. That's true. I forgot about and, that. And he yeah. was. And he was just on there for, I think, just one season. Um, he uh, also was uh, the uh, parrot, Lago the Parrot, 
in mm-hmm. Aladdin. A lot of voice Yago. work. Yeah, was it Yago? It's an I. Yeah. Uh, Yago. Uh, so a lot of uh, voice work that uh, he did and uh, made a lot of money do it. And of course, uh, very funny stand-up comedian too. I remember Beverly Hills was a Beverly Hills Cop two. I think it was Beverly Hills Cop two. It was hilarious. He was an attorney. Remember, and he was sitting there talking with Eddie Murphy, and he goes, what do I have in this hand that maybe if you got it out of this hand, you would forget about what the ticket you have in that hand? $200, would that be enough? That's that's one of your better imitations. Thank you. KBOI News Time is 745. Time for a check of what's going on with sports. One more time uh, with Rick Worthington, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli Meridian today. Don't forget, one of their most popular soups, and you can get in and find out why, because it is delicious. Jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar soup today. Uh, you can team that up with a uh, delicious either hot or cold sandwich. You've got uh, salads and wraps. Fat Guys Fresh Deli Meridian open up at 1030. Good morning. One of the big storylines in the NFL this year will be all about Aaron Rodgers. Not only is he an MVP caliber quarterback, but there was a lot of talk that he might not be back in Green Bay. Of course he is. And one of the guys he brought out of retirement was Tom Clements, who will be the new quarterback's coach. He talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit yesterday, as well as having to develop the backup quarterback, Jordan Love. Well, I've watched some film, and then uh, I... I watched him when he was coming out i was in arizona so i i I, uh, have a little bit of familiarity with him so um you know he's a very good athlete i didn't i never had the opportunity to talk to him prior to time uh, prior to me coming here i've talked with him on the phone a couple times he'll be here in a week and looking forward to, to getting to know him a little better but he's you know he has a strong arm he's athletic and those are good qualities to have and We'll just try to develop them as best we can. You're looking at other NFL storylines today. You can look to the Washington Commanders, who may have failed to refund security deposits, concealed revenue, and kept two sets of financial books. The U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee alleged in a letter that was sent to the Federal Trade Commission. There's a 20-page letter that detailed what the committee said was a multi-year process of altering records to hide revenue and led to more profits from the organization. Uh, That will certainly be discussed over the coming days. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, You can email easily. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Look at that. The Dow is in the green, 128 points. All three of the indexes are up as of right now after the uh, opening this morning. Wow. So that's, that's some good, good news to look forward to. They, but don't worry. We have plenty of time for it to go back into the red. They keep showing pictures of uh, somewhere that gas is five fifty nine a gallon. I hope it's not here. Jeez. That's got to be California, what yeah, do you probably. think? Yeah, probably. Um, there's a word that gasoline has dropped uh, eight cents a gallon nationwide. Haven't seen that here locally, <laughs> though. It did go down one cent, as I mentioned last week, but that's where it's been hovering ever since. We're, we're cautious and conservative in this state, and we don't want to drop prices too quickly. Um, by the way... Did that sound th- good? You, yeah. Okay. Um, you, you could probably expect this, but apparently gas thefts are on the rise as prices have been soaring. AAA says that uh, those who suspect they were victim of fuel theft should look for the following signs. The smell of gas as you approach your vehicle. 
a puddle possibly under your vehicle near the fuel tank. Vehicle is not starting. The vehicle starts, but the fuel gauge shows fuel is missing and mm-hmm. or check engine light comes on. Um, Sometimes there's like a, a, a tube lying in the street and a guy that's thrown up. The the I was going to mention that because that's the way you used to, but a lot of gas tanks now are, are locked or you can only get to them from the inside of your car. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thieves being what they are, industrious, what are they doing to get around that? Smashing the window and getting in your car? No, they're actually uh, drilling holes into the actual gas tank. Which, by the way, it would be easier if somebody just stole your gasoline because you just lose the tank of gas. Mm -hmm. As they cut holes into your gas tank or drill into your gas tank, your whole gas tank has to be replaced. And instead of losing, you know, maybe uh, $80 in gas, you lose the $80 in gas, plus you have to spend the $500 to replace the gas tank. It's it's almost like thieves don't care what happens to you. Pretty much. By the way, breaking news this morning. Dozens of illegal immigrants have arrived and been dropped off blocks from the U.S. Capitol this morning as part of Abbott's reaction to President Biden keeping the border open. John Roberts, Fox News Channel co-anchor of America's report, shared an image of the first busload of illegals getting off the bus, said the bus pulled up right in front of the building that houses Fox News, NBC News, and C-SPAN. So um, I know where that is. It's basically behind the Capitol. Biden uh, called the White House plan just a publicity stunt. But apparently, um, since the illegals were dropped off this morning, not just a publicity stunt. It is actually happening. Casper mm-hmm. and Chris, damn near impossible question right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless chance to win a $50 gift certificate to La Peep. Call right now. Here's your chance to win if you can answer this question. Cheerleading was uh, an all-male sport when it first started in the mid-1800s. Stayed that way until this one specific thing happened. What is it? What's the event that happened that caused women to start to become cheerleaders? Go ahead and call us up right now. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. First person to get it correct. You've got that $50 La Peep gift certificate. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Call 208-888-4128 for all your real estate needs. Our question today, you've got a $50 gift certificate to La Peep, not $50 worth of peeps, $50 gift certificate to La Peep. The answer to the question, Mike, you're going to get first crack at it here this morning. Cheerleading uh, used to be an all-male sport when it first started in the mid-1800s. Stayed that way until this one specific thing happened. What event happened that caused women to start to become cheerleaders? Well, I was torn between uh, two world wars. And you... I'd have to go with uh, World War Two. That is not correct. Keep trying, Mike. Uh, Bill... What one specific thing started uh, women to become cheerleaders? A specific event? I was going to say World War II also, so. Well, that would be wrong again. Yep. All right. <laughs> Keep trying. Uh, Matt, do you know what event it was? Obviously not. <laughs> you don't. You were going to go World War II also. Uh, yeah, they just pulled people from college for military service. I mean. All right. And then the- Greg, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with everybody else, but I was going to say World War One. 
Hey, congratulations, Greg. It was World War One. Yes. Congratulations. Hold on the line. We'll get some info from you. Stick around. We've got news at the top of the hour. And after that, Congressman Russ Fulcher with us live. You have questions, you'll be able to ask. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 8 o'clock hour, a special programming note for you today. Uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher is, for the first time in a long time, able to be in the studio with us this morning. Uh, Congressman, welcome. Uh, You're looking good. You know what? I feel really good, and uh, it's great to be here, and it's great to be in Idaho, and so thanks for letting me do this today. Appreciate you coming in and taking some time. Um, we're going to talk with the congressman here for the first half hour about uh, a variety of subjects coming up in the second half hour. If you have questions for Congressman Russ Fulcher, be ready to give us a call this morning at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you would like to email those because you're shy and talking on the phone, you can email those to chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Um, a variety of subjects that we can talk about today. We can talk about, um, obviously, guns and gun violence with what happened in New York yesterday. You got Ukraine. We have um, gas prices that we can talk about, inflation, loan forgiveness. But let's go ahead and uh, start here today because of uh, the news that broke uh, about immigration. Title 42 uh, in May is going to be expiring. And uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, announced last week that he planned to bus illegals to Washington, D.C. Biden White House alleged that it was just a publicity stunt, but this morning we found out that's <laughs> not true. The first busload of illegals were dropped off in Washington, D.C. I thought it was actually a little bit clever for the, the Texas governor to do that. And uh, I, I was when he had made the announcement ahead of time that he was going to do it, I thought, all right, the 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 federal government will figure out a way to block the road or something. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought, you know, if he really wanted to do it, he should have waited until they actually got there and and uh, uh, let people out. But uh, he didn't, and so uh, there they are. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how the White House deals with that. How's the weather in Washington right now? Uh, it's, it's just <laughs> it's just a tad chilly, oh, and boy. so uh, uh, there's going to be some issues with that as well, I think. The... United States had over 2 million record-setting illegals come across the border last year, on pace now after three months to have uh, another over 2 million illegals enter the country. And this is before Title 42 is even allowed to expire, which is, I think it's May 23rd, something like that. If, if, if What can be done, I, and I know you guys talk about this in, in Congress um, on, on immigration, um, what is it? Because obviously busing all these people that it, when it comes to the amount of money that's being spent by Texas, it's probably cheaper for them to do that, even though it's really expensive to get all the buses and load them up and take them to Washington, D.C. and everything. Um, but what else can be done? Because the states that are dealing with this are strictly um, specifically the border states. But even here in Idaho, um, we have to deal with this, too. You know, Mike, I think that two million number is just those that have been apprehended. Right. And so the, the number that's actually come across the border is significantly larger than that. And, you know, it pre, pre all of this uh, uh, current administration policy, the United States would legally immigrate two million people 
per year, legally, which is more, by the way, than every other country in the world combined in a given year. And so uh, it's not like we're anti-immigration. These border states, Texas, Arizona, my goodness, I, I've actually, I actually went to the border. I, I've witnessed a lot of this personally. They are, uh, they're just, frankly, overwhelmed, and the, and the people in those border towns with uh, the mass number of people coming in. And we, have, we feel the effects of it here. Uh, the statistics for uh, drug trafficking in our own state, uh, drug deaths as a relate, relates to illegal fentanyl have uh, jumped significantly. So we feel it here, but not nearly like they have there. And so, uh, and you remove this Title 42, which is about to happen, uh, that takes away really kind of the last reason, if you will, to legally stop somebody from coming in because of, uh, of health problems. So it's interesting that the administration still requires that you and I get tested before we come into the country. But if you're a non-citizen, come on in. Are, are uh, you saying that uh, despite popular opinion, uh, California and Texas have limited resources? <laughs> well, uh, compared to what the federal government spends. Mm. And, uh, you know, but, but Texas, for example, uh, they've got a, a governor and leadership there where they're saying, hey, look, if the federal government won't do something about it, we will do something about it. And, uh, you know, frankly, I, I completely get it. Having been down there and seeing what they're going through, I, I, I get it. And that's probably uh, one of the biggest struggles I've had with the current administration is this is existing federal law. It's not like this is, some, uh, you know, like a uh, executive order shift. I mean, it's executive order shift, but this is a refusal to enforce existing federal law. And that's, that's really problem. How, how often do you hear that in Washington? Uh, if we only in, enforce the laws we already have on the books? All the time. And, you know, um, Chris, we, there's, I just tell you, there's a lot of discussions behind closed doors on, uh, all right, uh, is, if you want to talk about something to charge somebody with, if you, if, have, if you want to go into the, the impeachment path or all that, that's an impeachable offense if if you refuse to enforce your own laws. Uh, the the struggle I think that a lot of, of members have is is uh, will the backup solution uh, be better or worse? And so there's a reluctance to pursue some of that. Specifically for those listening this morning, um, in layman's terms, can you tell us exactly what Title Forty Two says and how it will affect when it goes uh, away? Supposedly, as of right now, that's the plan on uh, next month. So if I recall correctly, this was actually started uh, right after World War II when there was a, a significant influx of immigrants. And it, was a, it, it basically is a health screening provision. And so for people coming into the, the country that have known health problems, remember at that time in particular, there was, there was a lot fewer resources or knowledge into how to block that. And so my understanding is that's where it got its, its origin. It was most recently put into place by the Trump administration as a function of COVID and for uh, screening for, for COVID positive people that were coming into the, the um, country. And what it did is, is if someone tested positive or, or for other things as well, there's a provision legally to prevent or stop the asylum process and, and return them back. So that's, that's generally what it is. And that is currently slated to be removed. I think it's uh, around the 23rd of this month or so. 
Talking once again, Congressman Russ Fulcher uh, here with us. Congressman, um, something happened yesterday in New York City. Um, it's something that is uh, discussed in Congress, and that is stricter gun laws. Biden administration, once again, um, a- able to use things like this and what happened in Sacramento, saying that stricter gun laws are needed. Um, specifically in Congress, uh, what's being talked about when it comes to that, um, are there ways that they're able to skirt around the uh, Constitution for these stricter gun laws? Yeah, I hear a lot of the same thing. And, uh, you know, being in Washington, D.C. a lot myself, uh, the gun laws there are very similar to what they're like in New York. And they're just about as strict as you get in this particular country. And so to go down the path of thinking, well, if we just make them a little bit more strict, then somehow that's going to help. No, it's not. That's not going to help. Uh, And I I went through this personally because there is technically a legal path to get a concealed carry uh, provision in Washington, D.C. And there are some exclusions for members of Congress in certain areas and situations. But I thought, you know what, I want to just go through that process. And it was a difficult process to do. Uh, I actually did uh, get a concealed carry you mean you uh, can't just it. go on a street corner and no, say, "Hey, bud, not, you got you got a gun for me?" It's nothing like Even it is. Like it cost you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, and New York is very, very similar. It's very difficult to get those approvals and to get those permits and to go through that process. And so, they've got very strict gun laws now. And so, to try to use that as a hammer to say, "Hey, look, you know, we we uh, we're, we need to just make them stricter," and somehow that's going to help. It's the wrong solution. And uh, I think common sense would dictate that, but that's not the that's not the the, the mindset. There's, and by the way, I had not heard of a ghost gun, I, and I've been around the firearms industry a lot. I hadn't even heard of what a ghost gun was until uh, this administration. And so the actions against these ghost guns, um, silencers, magazines, uh, you know, that's. Those are all things that the administration wants to take on, I believe, for talking points. But how much real impact it's going to have is uh, is is not much. Congressman Russ Fulcher, once again, in the studio with us. We need to take a break here. Uh, when we come back, um, we'll get to some more questions. Uh, specifically, I'd like to know, and this will give you a chance, has anybody ever in your time in Congress um, had an idea that you said, you know what? That that might be something worth looking into, specifically when it comes to uh, gun laws. Uh, we'll take a break here. Come back on the way. Don't forget, coming up here in about 20 minutes, our phone lines are going to be open. open. Congressman uh, is going to be with us up until 9 o'clock today. We'll have a chance to take some of your phone calls. If you have questions, be ready to call coming up here on News Talk KBY. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Congressman Russ Fulcher with us once again live in studio. Uh, We'll take your questions coming up here in just a little bit. If you want to uh, get those in, you can already email them to us, Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. As we're going to break, uh, we were talking about the gun violence happened in New York yesterday, and of course that... Uh, being used as a hammer, it's like we have to have stricter laws to get rid of the guns. Um, my question to you is, in the time that you've spent in Congress, has anybody ever come up with an idea where you said, all right, that might be something that we could look at? That is an interesting way to look at possibly dealing with gun violence. You know, the, uh, the Second Amendment-related issues tend to be kind of like 
the abortion issue where people either line up on one side or the other. And uh, so you either support the Second Amendment or you don't support the Second Amendment. I would say the closest thing that I can think of that uh, has potentially got uh, uh, at least some traction is uh, shifting more of the control to states as opposed to uh, trying to drive all of all of these initiatives by federal law. And so uh, uh, other than that, uh, it's it, it comes down to the majority of the votes. You, you afford or are you against it? And, and uh, in this case, you, you really have to to do a constitutional amendment if you're going to significantly change it, which frankly has probably saved the, the Second Amendment uh, and its viability over the course of time. Uh, on a slightly different subject, uh, about high fertilizer prices, mm. you and uh, mm. Congressman Simpson sent a message to the president uh, last week. Yeah. And did you get a reply? No. And, uh, of course, it is, in all fairness, it's still early. But, you know, we feel that so much in our ag community here within Idaho and you know the the solution like the, to to this is is obvious to people like me, Congressman Simpson, others, and that is uh, we've got these resources domestically. We have them within our own state, but yet there are some is there some kind of regular regulatory blockage keeping us from from accessing that, and so uh, that's one of the reasons why. Uh, not just that, but with critical minerals, other things that uh, uh, minerals that, that we need for our electronics, for our automobiles, and all those types of things, we have to go outside the country because we've banned ourselves from harvesting it internally, and so it's kind of turned into a lose-lose scenario. And we're trying to just put shine a light on that and uh, uh, get some of those policies changed. Mike Simpson was uh, just mentioned uh, right there. Just real quickly before we go to break, wanted to get your thoughts. Um, Congressman Simpson has declined to participate in the upcoming debate ahead of the primary. My question to you is because you've you've participated in debates. You were in the debate uh, for gubernatorial race. Um, should you do you think that uh, incumbents should be required to participate in in debates? You know, I don't think so in terms of requirement, uh, and and the reason being is that's in, in often. It, it, often that turns into a campaign strategy, and uh, uh, if you if you participate, then you you deal with the ramifications and the perception and your performance of how you participate. If you choose not to, you deal with the ramifications because uh, people will speculate as to why you do, why you don't. So I don't think there should be a requirement per se. Uh, a debate is a it's an information tool, and if you think that that's a good way to communicate your message you try to do that and distinguish yourself from your opponent i think typically it's more positive than not but uh you know i think that should that should be part of a, an ongoing ability for a, a candidate to to strategize with congressman russ fulcher with us once again we'll take a break we've got news at the bottom of the hour like i said we've got him for the full hour this time <laughs> I don't think we've ever had hey, that for he, a full hour. And he brought peeps. He, he I brought, brought peeps. <laughs> he brought peeps. I I, uh, I heard uh, Chris and Mike talking about just how much they loved those. Uh-huh. Chris, so, Chris was going yay, and I was going damn you. <laughs> so anyway, we we have peeps this morning. We'll take a break. Uh, questions? You have questions? Stand by because we over the next half hour. If you have questions? Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. You'll be able to call and ask Congressman Russ Simpson or Russ Simpson. Russ Fulcher questions this morning here on News Talk KBOI.
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 838, he is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And in the studio with us for the first time in a long time, Congressman Russ Fulcher is uh, sitting in. And we also get uh, the pleasure of having him in here for the full hour, which allows us a little extra time. So we're able to take... Calls from you, the listeners, if you have questions. And our phone lines are open right now at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Alan uh, from Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. You're on with Congressman Russ Fulcher. What's your question? Hey, good morning, man. And by the way, thank you, Congressman, for listening and taking the calls. I really appreciate that. Um, My question is about well water. Um, I'm sure you feel, as I do, that water is a precious resource. And I'm curious why developers that are building houses and roads are spraying the roads, the dirt, with well water instead of using reclaimed water from a sewage plant. One development where I live, they use the well water. And I asked the sewage plant operator, why aren't you using reclaimed water instead of a precious resource, which is well water? And he told me because to get the permit to use reclaimed water is an onerous process, and they've been working on it for a long time and haven't got the permit. You know, Alan, first of all, thank you for the question, and and I'll give you the the short answer is I don't know, uh, but I have a couple thoughts that that popped into my head when you're talking about that. Water law, not just in Idaho, but across the country, is incredibly complex. You've got federal uh, ownership, state ownership, local ownership, private ownership, tribes, and everybody's got uh, a potential claim on the on the water, and so getting those permits sometimes is not clean at all. The other thing is the cost of transfer. If it's uh, reclaimed water, uh, is there the infrastructure in place to transfer that and use it for that purpose? Those are things, frankly, I don't know on this. It's certainly work, worth working into, and all of this is you know, less of a problem if we have a really good recharge year. So. You know, it comes back to the uh, the snowpack and what we get from from uh, the good Lord in the in the mountains, with, uh, uh, to see if our aquifers, aquifers recharge. But uh, I didn't give you a good answer. But there's some of the factors that are playing into that, though, and I'm happy to look into it, though. Thank you for the call, Alan. Uh, appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, Congressman Russ Fulcher with us this morning. We will take your phone calls. Uh, question for you having to do with uh, like questions like that. How many requests do you get from Idahoans to help with specific problems that they happen to go through that they would like to get help with in Congress? Well, the uh, Mike, we, we, we get thousands of them. And frankly, that's probably the most impactful thing we do right now, especially with me in the minority in the U.S. Congress. The, the, you know, I've got a lot of pieces of legislation that I'm sponsoring or promoting, uh, but in the current dynamic, a lot of that does not get on the agenda. So we have offices, of course, Washington, D.C., in uh, Meridian, Lewiston, Coeur d'Alene, and they're all staffed with people that are, are focused on trying to help people with specific uh, issues navigating the federal bureaucracies. And so we'll uh, probably at this time, as of today, we probably have something around 800 or so cases uh, that are specific cases to Idahoans where uh, we have been solicited to help work through things. And, and we encourage that. That's 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 uh, part of the thing we, we do. You should not have to go through a congressional office to get the attention of the 
uh, Bureau of Land Management or, or the Forestry Service or the Veterans of Affairs or any of that, IRS, but sometimes the reality is you have to. So there's a lot of that traffic. We have a question from Bruce in Loman. He says, what can we do to force the State Department to get consulates worldwide to at least get to work on the four visa categories they have prioritized, especially the consulate in Monrovia, Liberia, which says it is not processing K-1 visas, one of the second highest priorities. And uh, the, the answer to that is the current leadership has simply taken that off of the priority agenda. And uh, it's, not, it's not important to the current administration. It's not important to the current congressional leadership. And so they simply don't hear or address those things. And that is the privilege of the leadership is to they set the agenda, which is one of the reasons why uh, myself and others are working hard to try to change that leadership dynamic come November of this year. I want to specifically ask about the leadership dynamic. I'm glad that it kind of leads into it because being there, you probably get a different take than what we see here because we see the news stories that um, are are saying that polls show that there could be a really big shift, especially in the House, um, possibly even in the Senate, that Republicans can take back control. I think there's, was there like 40 Democratic candidates in the house that have yeah. have said that they are not going to be running again um what what are you seeing in washington dc do you see a big shift coming i know this is a long ways out to try and predict this but do you see republicans being able to take over the house and the senate again this coming fall i do and i think that the attitude is prevalent on both sides of the aisle right now everyone knows that the policies that have been embraced in the last year and a half are not popular and and uh, why there's been such broad support, uh, at least on the other side of the aisle, I, I can't give you a real good ex- answer for that. But I can tell you the prevailing attitude is that change is coming. That's why you see such a large number of the majority party right now that's decided not to run again. And that also has influenced the agenda right now. I think there's you see some what, what I would call more extreme measures being promoted and championed uh, because uh, I believe they realize it's now or never for them to get some of this agenda done. And so they are uh, making an all-out effort to to move on some of what at least I believe is some of the most extreme policies uh, because they know that come November there's going to be no chance of that happening. Another listener uh, writes in, uh, email it says uh, when the Republicans take control of the House in November, so he's he's even counting on it. Uh, will there do you think be a move to impeach Biden? Um, I can tell you that uh, it's certainly talked about, and I don't know if there'll be an actual move or not. I it I would I would predict. Probably not for two reasons. One is there is as much or more discomfort with the number two in charge that would inevitably be in charge if uh, if the president was impeached. And um, the other is if if we do get control in November and on the Republican side, of course that's that's the party that I am am part of then we'll be able to set the agenda and dramatically change uh, the, the, the legislative direction 
that we're going, even if it's just to stop uh, some, a lot of the things that are, are being promoted right now. Um, and the other thing about impeachment is a lot of people got very soured in how that was used in the previous administration because there was, there was not just one impeachment effort. Uh, there was another one that, that, that got promoted largely, I believe, for political reasons after the administration had left office. And so the abuse of, of impeachment is uh, soured in a lot of people's minds. Congressman Russ Fulcher with us once again this morning. Final chance. One more segment on the way. We need to take a break. If you have a question for the congressman, he's uh, nicely uh, agreed to be with us for a little, an extra half hour this morning to take your questions. Please feel free. It's your final chance to call in at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.53, Congressman Russ Vulture live in the studio with us this morning and gives us a chance to uh, take phone calls from you. So in our final few minutes, let's go ahead and get to those. Andrew and Meridian, good morning. You're on with Congressman Russ Vulture. What's your question? Morning. Um... Russ, uh, I'm 50. I can remember the last time the Republicans had the House and the Senate. And, guys, I, we, a lot of us out here, we don't trust you guys a whole lot. You guys have got to start doing some big solutions. And when I say big, I mean convention of the states, rein in the federal government, the federal bureaucracy, rein in the Federal Reserve kind of big moves. Um, because we've, frankly, just lost faith in you guys. We elect you, we put you in power, and then, you, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but playtime's over. We can't play nice. We can't think small. We've got to start making some seriously large changes in what's going on, or you're, there's yeah. going to be no point in any of this any, anymore. Yeah, I, I, uh, Andrew, I don't disagree. And I'll just also tell you that uh, it's not going to be all roses uh, when there's a changeover in leadership. The, the Republican leadership is not like the Democrat leadership in the sense that the, there's a lot of individual debate internally, and it's not the herd mentality. And so message heard, uh, I agree with that. Um, it'll be better, but I can't tell you that it's going to be off the charts great. Thank you for the call, Andrew. Uh, Jay can notice. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. What's your question for the congressman? Well, you guys were talking about they, they dropped off some illegal aliens by the Capitol. Is that correct? Yes, this morning. Uh, is that against the law? Well, not with this administration. Uh, at least that's the policy they followed on the federal level. The, in this case, the state of Texas is uh, is attempting to send a signal that uh, uh, if the federal government won't do their job, which is enforcing the current law, then they're going to more localize that problem to the federal government in Washington, D.C. Well, frankly, it's a message that probably needs to be heard. And so um, we'll see what happens. Thank you for the call, Jake. Appreciate it. Uh, Congressman, we haven't had a whole lot of chance to talk about Ukraine. Um, there's been allegations of uh, chemical weapons used. There's no been, been no proof of that as of yet. Um, and I know that the president said uh, if chemical weapons were used, we would respond in kind. Um, the administration kind of walked that back. What what can be done if chemical weapons were proved to be used? I mean, we've we've seen that um, sanctions have been put on Russia um, for. Are we going to run out of sanctions? I mean, at, at what point? We don't want to get in a war, an actual war with them. But what else can we do if if we do find out that chemical weapons were used? 
Well, it comes to back to the level of armament, and uh, we, we can choke them to death fiscally. It takes a longer period of time. Part of it is to ramp up our own energy production and, uh, and take away the markets with, uh, that the Russians have for their energy production. And that, I think, is the, is the best long-term solution. But I think we're entering the, the most uh, tumultuous time with this conflict right now because the Russian culture does not uh, put up with failure. And Vladimir Putin has not delivered on this. And I I just sense that internally the leadership in Russia is starting to lose their sense of humor with him. He may very quickly find that his biggest opposition is internally. And I just hope he doesn't act rashly uh, uh, to try to, to end this thing in Ukraine and do something uh, radical like that. Congressman Russ Fulcher, thanks uh, for taking some time. Uh, My pleasure. Flew by, um, but thanks for asking all of our questions um, and getting to some of our questions from our listeners. Much appreciated. Um, gr- great to talk to you again, and uh, look forward to uh, possibly doing this again when you bring in something other than peeps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate the time. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We have news at the top of the hour. You'd like to comment, here's your chance. Your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KB. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906, good morning. Thanks for uh, listening in. Thanks for being a part of the show. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show by participating, and that is easy to do. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send in this, uh, an instant message to our fan page on Facebook. Chris monitors those. We'll also take uh, text messages, same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Um, if you want to talk about our visit with Congressman Russ Fulcher this morning, uh, please feel free to uh, weigh in on that. Uh, if you want to talk about the shooting in New York City, if you have great ideas, what can be done, um, please feel free to do that. Lynn has a, a, an idea um, Lynn writes in, Mike at KBOI.com, instead of trying to get rid of violent guns on the streets, how about we get rid of violent criminals instead? Stop putting these people back on the streets after they've committed a violent crime. The, uh, and send them to prison specifically made up of only other violent criminals. No bail, no patrol, don't pass go. That's actually not yeah. a bad idea. You know, it, if you... Send all these violent who are found guilty of violent crimes, shootings, whether it be stabbings, uh, blunt objects, hitting somebody over the head with a blunt object, and you have a specific prison that just has violent criminals. Let them go there and survival of the well, fittest. George Carlin uh, recommended moving all the people who live in Kansas out and uh, giving them each a couple hundred bucks for their trouble and then fencing. Uh, the entire state and just putting all the criminals in there. Oh, no, another wall? They'd have their own little Lord of the Flies. We couldn't get the other wall done. Can we get a wall around Kansas? Uh, no. It's <laughs> like everything else. It sounds expensive, as um, does that prison. Yeah. I, but I, hey, uh, I know, you know, part of this thing, you, you may have been being sarcastic, um, but I like your idea. Instead of getting, you know, so called violent guns off the street, get the violent criminals who are. Using the guns as as tools, not a, not a bad idea. Thanks for that uh, input. Got one here from Doug in Meridian. He writes in and says, uh, "Good morning, Chris. Doug from Meridian. I missed the first twenty minutes of the opening of your program yesterday morning. I was listening to Dan Bongino, 
and he was talking about the far left. People were complaining that the news mentioned the guy who uh, shot people in New York was a black man, and they were complaining, why do they have to say that? There's uh, that there's a black man. And I am thinking seriously, they have to say who it was so they can find out where he is. Uh, It's I don't think it's racist to just give a description of somebody uh, that you're looking for. It's racist if you say, well, all black people do this or even all white people do this or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, all what Italians do this. Uh, It's not uh, I don't think it's racist to say, okay, we're looking for a guy who's, you know, six foot two and heavy set and black. No, I, it, is, it is interesting that that was even brought up as, as saying, because, I mean, obviously, then what do you do? Not show pictures because it shows a black man? It's like, is it racist to well, show yeah, the actual no, picture of the person? It's, it's not. It, there's, a, there's a difference, though, you know, between uh, saying, okay, it was a black guy that did it, and then adding the words like, oh, well, that figures or something like that. Right. I mean, that, that right. is inherently racist. Sitting here just trying to look quickly. Uh, we watch, as we tell you time and time again, that we have three or four televisions in here, and uh, Frank James still a suspect. It's interesting to me because I really thought by now they would have found him. So um, apparently he has very good ideas on where to hide in New York City because right now his face is plastered everywhere. Um, you've got pictures of him taken from uh, actual video. That was how they were able to identify him um, in New York City because they had some really good photos of this person. Um, and like I said, he's now uh, officially a suspect, they're announcing, um, instead of just a person of interest, which he had been up until probably about 15 minutes ago, just a person of interest. interest. Now he has officially become a suspect. We're watching that on uh, one of the news channels right now. Tony and Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. How's it going this morning? It's going good. Good. So we just got a call about your the New York City shooting there and how how everybody's upset because they said it was a black man that did the shooting. Well, yeah, we just mentioned that. Yeah, but if the tables were turned, do you think the story would change at all? I mean, if it was a white man, do you think you think everybody would be okay with that, or do you think... Everybody would expect that. Just because he's black, everybody's trying to defend him and say you shouldn't say that because he's black. Well, like I said, I mean, I don't think a physical description of somebody is uh, right. the, is the least bit racist. And if it was a white guy, you know, somebody would probably say, okay, it was a big white guy. It's exactly. A, it's especially not racist when they're looking for the person and you're giving a description so yeah. that people can help you find the person. Exactly. Whether he's white, black, green, yellow, blue, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? But yeah, you would, you would give a description of the clothing he was wearing, too. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and what color it was. And maybe, maybe the argument might hold a little bit more uh, weight. If after the person is arrested, maybe he's in custody, and, you know, every time the story is mentioned for the next two years, um, you know, you, you start out with black man Frank James arrested. At that point, you don't really need to because everybody knows who it is. He's arrested. He's in custody. You know, so trying to give the description every single Reminds time. Of- because you wouldn't do it with a white man either. So maybe that holds water. But, I, I mean, I'm giving a little bit of credibility here, um, you know. For, I, um, for some reason, this reminds me of on The Simpsons. You remember Chief Wiggum? 
when he said, subject is hatless. Repeat hatless. <laughs> well, I mean, s- some things are, are relatively important in a description, and, and some aren't. Thank you for the call, Tony. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, different subject uh, here. Ashley writes in. I don't have an a- answer for this, Ashley, so I'm going to put this out there. Somebody else might know. Um, what is going on down at St. Luke's? I see they are tearing down more buildings. Did they get a bunch of COVID government money to replace these buildings or something? Uh, that is fleecing on steroids right in our face. Dr. Pate is pushing the fourth booster, and his hospital is doing all sorts of new things. What is going on? I, first of all, have no idea if this is government mo- money. I mean, it is a, a private business, keep in mind. This isn't a you know a state or a federal-run business. It's a private business. So, I mean, they could have money and could have had plans to remodel or whatever. I don't know. They, they seem to be doing well, actually. Somebody listening this morning may have an idea of what St. Luke's is doing downtown, tearing down buildings, uh, if they're replacing them, moving them, or what. I just don't know. I don't have an answer to it, but we'll put it out. Our listeners are pretty smart, or a lot of them are a little more well-informed in in certain situations than uh, we happen to be, but there you go. I put it out there for you. Uh, Marine Bob says, well, it looks like Texas Governor Abbott not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. I hope he keeps dumping illegals there and then waits for the screaming to start. It is easy to make decisions when it doesn't affect you personally. Let's see what happens when Washington, D.C. actually has to deal with this mess. Congratulations to Governor Abbott, and I hope Governor DeSantis's buses and all the other states with Republican governor's buses are right behind Governor Abbott's. Well, no, nobody else has uh, said anything about doing that yet, but that could happen now, I bet. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see the uh, reaction. And like, uh, like I said, I mean, this is a bus, I think... Um, I read a story last week uh, that said that the buses that they are going to be using, and they've reserved, like I think, something like 600 um, buses, they hold up to like 40 individuals at a time. And, you know, so leaving off the 30 or 40 individuals that they had probably on this bus, I don't know the exact number, you know, probably doesn't have a huge impact mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. However, um, when you start to get hundreds that are just being left off in Washington, D.C. with no place to go, no money or anything like that, um, then then you start to have a problem that you're going to have to deal with as far as the city is concerned, and the city is probably going to put pressure on the gov- government because it's you know a direct, direct result of, of decisions made to the government. Now, for those of you who are saying this is stupid and you know why, why would Texas be wasting money doing this, um, I think part of the reason is because Texas is having to deal with them and waste money on them right now anyway because they come into the country. They're not allowed to do anything and put them back out of the country. Um, if you are coming in illegally with very little money or no money whatsoever, are you going to continue to walk to Washington, D.C.? Yeah, are you going to set up camp right where you came across the border? And whether it's grandstanding or uh, a publicity stunt or, or not, uh, it's not unpopular, this move in Texas. Um, it's not popular necessarily but, in this room. I think it's brilliant. But you, you make up a good point, though. Like, for instance, New Mexico usually is a state that isn't known for its its uh, uh, state wealth, its mm-hmm. government right, wealth. Right. Uh, so they might, 
you know, not do something like this simply because it's too expensive to send a hundred buses or whatever. Well, and we even had hypothesized that, you know, because it is expensive, especially with gas prices, diesel prices, which these buses run on to load them up. You have, you have the expense of, of leasing the bus, renting the bus, um, Fe- gassing them, it up, feeding yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, on their, on their way there. Cause this isn't just a, you know, a quick three or four hour trip. Um, but yet I would hazard a guess to Texas. It's cheaper to spend that type of money and drop them off in Washington, D.C., because once again, the flip side of it mm-hmm. is they're not going to get, you know, start walking back to Texas, right? Because, it, it's, you know, so the, so the thing is, it's yeah, probably it's, it's cheaper a, for Texas to do this than it is to house them for the next decade. It's, a, a, it's cheaper to have a one-time expenditure than yeah. to, uh, to provide benefits I, uh, for I a long, long term. really don't think that this is going to be more expensive in the long run than it would be to sit there and house them for as long as whatever it is they have to. Because like I said, it, you know, Texas is a pretty big state. So are they more than likely going to sit right where they're at when they come across, or are they going to, you know, try to get to someplace else in the country? Now we've heard reports, of course, that, you know, the federal government already buses them or puts them on planes and takes them to different cities uh, across the U S. So if that's already happening anyway, here's Texas just helping the federal government save money. We didn't get to every question that was uh, sent to us uh, when the, the congressman was here, but uh, illegal immigration. Actually, okay, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll come back with uh, a question about illegal immigration. All right, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Phone lines are open if you want to get through right now. Remember, you can also email us or text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless 921. Uh, before we get to that email question, uh, Bill in Meridian, you uh, had a comment that you wanted to uh, bring up this morning for us? Yeah, this is Bill out of Meridian. I'm curious, uh, what gives uh, Biden the right to dump these uh, people in the states the last time I checked the Constitution, uh, the states have rights, too. And uh, so he doesn't own the states any more than, you know, uh, anybody else. And I wish more people had the guts of uh, Texas to, to do things like this. Uh, you know, if these people are coming in, it's... Uh, fine i guess but uh, they're violating uh, immigration laws and uh, and yet they dump them in all kinds of states and if it were legal they wouldn't do it in the middle of the night the Fe- i'm talking about the feds mm-hmm. oh when uh, they uh, take them into different states yeah you know, they're f- flying them in unmarked airplanes like they did the money in the F- or uh, iran and like that and i'm just curious why more people don't understand what Texas is doing because their schools, hospitals, and all facilities are going to be impacted by this influx. Some states don't object to it, believe it or not. Some states uh, just simply say, you know, we'll accommodate whatever you need. Well, then I think that they're the states that ought to get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for That's the call. That's true, if you could narrow it down Thank just you. to them. Appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for the thoughts. Okay, illegal immigration. Actually, the person didn't uh, sign their name, but they've uh, titled this illegal immigration. I totally agree with 
uh, Fulcher, Congressman Fulcher, regarding the drug crime violence death regarding violent illegals arriving in Idaho. I would rather they spend their time and money trying to solve the cause of illegal immigration rather than the effects of it. Please ask what legislation is being discussed to solve the U.S. issues regarding drug demand, labor shortage, and long and expensive visa process. And, and that is a good question. Anytime you have, anytime you have uh, crimes happening, especially, or any law being broken at a, at a high rate, uh, one of the things you want to f- figure out is why is this happening so much and what can we do about you know what's causing people to act this way? Yeah. However, it's 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 usually much more difficult to do than simply dealing with the problem once it happens. Uh, William Garden City, uh, Texas, says the issue with the shooter in New York is that the mainstream media did not mention that the shooter was black when they put out his description. By the time I saw it, uh, they were already putting up a picture of yeah, him. Yeah, so same here. It really wasn't necessary at that point, I guess. Uh, Blaine writes in and says, I love and respect Russ Fulcher. Thanks for all you do. But, yep, but, when, a but there? when are our elected officials going to actually close the dang border and pass good legislation that has some teeth for those that are here illegally? Legal immigration, good. Breaking into our homeland is bad. We as the public are frustrated with this. Get this a Biden fool stopped. Not a Biden fan, you can tell. Problem is, and, and hey, to- totally, uh, I get it. You know, but saying the public is frustrated by this, it, I mean, isn't it entirely true? I mean, there are a lot of people, liberals, um, I'll use an example, that are not frustrated by it and think we should be doing it. Anybody who wants to come into the country, they're trying to escape, you know, you know, horrible situations for their family. So uh, they think it should be open borders for everybody. Just come on into the country and make the best life that you can. So, I mean, it, it's not just, ev- it's not everybody who's frustrated by it, unfortunately. Um, and, and I don't mean this to come off, and I, I say this over and over again, and I think, Chris, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think uh, you're the same way. I am not against immigration in any way, shape, or form. Legal. Legal immigration. Sure. Um, this country needs legal immigration. It's always had legal immigration. If you listen to the congressman this morning, uh, this morning, um, I didn't realize. I knew that we allowed legal immigrants into our country more than any other country. I just didn't realize that we allowed more illegal immigrants into this country every year than all other countries combined allow across their borders. That mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Well, because we have, uh, you know, such a large country, like in, in terms of. Uh, area, you know, Russia is huge, China is huge, uh, Canada is huge. Canada gets a lot of, of refugees and people like that as well. Um, and uh, I, I think they just kind of deal with them in Canada, but they don't get as many from Mexico as uh, uh, as we do, simply because well, you have to go they, two borders. They don't border Mexico, <laughs> you know. And why go to why go all the way to Canada if you find what you need in uh, in America? Uh, Dave Raymond uh, writes in, a good interview this morning. One suggestion, though, quit using the leftist term gun violence. Hmm, I, I, I hadn't even thought of that as a leftist term. Yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, the, the problem is, how do you describe it? I mean, if you, if you sit there, hey, there was violence on a subway well, yesterday. Well, you, you could just say violence, and, and the guy shot some people. Uh, but again, I, see, I think of gun violence as just being a description of yeah, what happened. Yeah, I, I do too. Somebody took a gun and did something violent with it. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Phone lines are open. If you want to get through and talk this morning, please feel free. we got a couple of lines open for you right now. we got to get to uh, news at the bottom of the hour, and we'll get back to more of your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Final couple of segments this morning. If you want to uh, get through to us, our phone lines are open. Easiest and quickest way is uh, through the phone at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can call us toll-free from wherever you may be listening today, uh, either on FM at 93.1 or 670 AM. You can also, of course, listen through uh, our uh, radio app. You can listen through the iHeart app. Google, Alexa, wherever you're listening, please feel free at 208-336-3700 to share your thoughts and opinions, uh, especially over this last hour. That's what we uh, like to do. Email us also. It's easy to do. Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. Wayne writes in, concerning the cost of relocating illegal immigrants, think about it, guys. The average cost to educate a child is over $11,000 per year. How many children are on that bus? Then think about the cost of health care for 40 individuals at a couple of hundred a month. The the fuel to drive the bus round trip at five miles per gallon and five dollars per gallon for diesel is only four thousand dollars for a four thousand mile trip. There are additional expenses, but this is easily a no brainer. It's kind of what we talked about. It's it's cheaper to send them to Washington D.C. I hadn't even thought about there being children among them, but yeah. uh, I, I guess if it's it's better than breaking up a family of four or something if you just send everybody. I yeah. suppose. Um, Dan writes in, um, I was disgusted with Channel 2 News last night that the only, they only reported the size of the individual um, who was a person of interest, not the act, or not the fact that he was black. I called and complained to the office, of course, haven't heard back yet. My son lives in Brooklyn, and we should give a complete uh-huh. description so that the person can be caught. The, this race thing is totally out of control. That's from Dan. Carol had uh, written in another one of the ones I missed when uh, Congressman Fulcher was here and said, what are your plans to fix immigration and inflation? What are you working on to improve things for the average American? That's, that's, that's a very general question, but, but a good one. I, I do wonder what his uh, actual answer would have been. I think he would probably tell you that what he's working on is the November election, and then right after that, things will start to happen. Hmm. But I don't know. Well, it was interesting to hear him say, because we did have the uh, phone call in asking about, you know, if we see the flip in uh, Congress, in the House and the uh, Senate, you know, that leadership and the problems that we're having right now that that people are complaining about, you know, what what is it that that uh, conservatives are going to do? Um, with with the problems in the liberal leadership right now, and and he was honest and said it's still going to be ugly. Um, there's it's not going to be smooth sailing, and there's still going to be problems even if we do get control. And you have to look at it this way: even though there would be control if they do, you know, the polls are correct and show that the House and the Senate both flip to Republican once again. Um, you know, they control the Congress, mm-hmm. but the president is still Democrat. So unless, you know, there are, are laws that are passed with a veto-proof majority, then the president can still veto anything that he doesn't like. It, it was uh, interesting, too. The, he pointed out that they, they don't really want to uh, impeach Biden or, you know, throw him out of office simply because they don't <laughs> want 
uh, Kamala, Harris, Kamala Harris to be the uh, the president. I thought that was an amazing statement, and I'd ask him off air. I go, so is that you know what presidential candidates are going to do from now on? Is pick somebody so horrible as their running mate? that nobody wants to impeach the president because that's not the person that they want to run the country if they get impeached well, and removed from office? I mean, I mean, we've always suspected that there have been some presidents who purposely pick someone that uh, you wouldn't want to be president so that, you know, it, it's, it's insurance on keeping them alive. He had a point. I mean, it, it, as bad as some people think that Biden is, do you think that Kamala Harris is going to be better? Would you rather see... Uh, a Harris administration well, leading the country? If you're looking for more conservative, I don't think you're going to find it there. Uh, Gordon, New Plymouth, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Maybe I wasn't paying attention well enough, but was it very widespread about the failure of that New York attacker's weapon? I don't think so. I I, I hadn't heard the, was it a failure of the weapon or the fact, I mean, I, I think I look at it as yeah. a good thing that not ver, not anybody has been killed. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I, I heard on a nighttime talk show host on this channel, on this station last night, that it was a Glock that failed. Hmm. And and he so he abandoned his attack, perhaps because of that. Interesting. Yeah, I, ha- I had not heard that. Um, so that'll be a, a, an interesting storyline to follow along. I had a friend with an automatic shotgun at 20 gauge, and it Frequently jammed. My no, wait. Was it was it an automatic or semi-automatic shotgun? Pardon me. Pardon me. That okay. is right. Semi-automatic. And on two occasions, I have um, fired a semi-automatic pistol, and and they would. I owned one that would fail. So the the enchantment with these automatic weapons is mysterious to me i would rather have a revolver i would feel so badly if i needed to use my gun to protect myself or my family and i had this expensive automatic weapon and it failed i i, I would just feel what an ugly feeling to feel you know I, so why would somebody buy an automatic weapon and when you could get a revolver that would be reliable well, and, and once again, I think uh, you accidentally have done this, but it's it's very difficult to buy an automatic weapon in the United States. Semi-automatic you can get, but automatic weapons are very difficult I'm to sorry, get. sorry, I keep saying automatic. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I thought, I, 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 I know assume, you, we know I assumed mean, that it was, yeah. but I wanted, because if, if I didn't correct you, we'd get phone calls going, what is this guy? Right. This, yeah, it, it's semi-automatic, not an automatic. <laughs> uh, thank okay. you, Gordon. Appreciate the call. Cycles and yeah, S- cycles uh, the bullet out and, and cocks itself. I guess. Elena <laughs> right? um, writes in, uh, what an asinine idea, dropping off illegals near the White House. What's the best place to uh, put them other than sending them right back? putting them right in front of the one place that can actually help them. When illegals do make it, they spend their lives hiding or paying a lot uh, for legal help. It does nothing but take advantage of them. So let's just drop them off at the most lenient administration that we have, leave them at the one place that has the money and the power to help them. Brilliant, Texas. The only thing is, um, they're not, I mean, obviously the best thing to do would be if they come across the border to send them back. However... The administration has made that illegal. If they make it across the border, when they come across the border, they are not going to be sent back until they 
have a hearing, which they show up for or don't show up for. The hearing could take two years, five years, ten years before they decide whether or not they can legally stay in the United States. So this isn't something where, I mean, right now, and especially with Title 42 that's set to expire in May, that basically for health reasons they were being turned back and not allowed to come into the country. Well, now, even for health reasons, they won't be turned back. Everybody will just be allowed to come in if they make it across the border. And then, according to the administration, they will wait and have their hearing to decide whether or not they can stay here legally, apply for um, to be in the country legally or not. But as I mentioned, a lot of those people, as you said, uh, hide out. They don't, don't, they don't ever show up for their hearing. Or the hearing could take decade or more before they finally are found to either be legal or not legal. And then if they are found to not be allowed to stay in the country, then they are taken out. But by that time, you've used up all that money and resources to have them here in the United States for whatever amount of time that that would be. We've got uh, another instant message here. Uh, Dennis, on a different subject, says, was wondering if you are up to speed on the latest article showing more how Commissioner Van Beek needs to go. Uh, we have read just about everything. You were, you were telling me this morning that uh, we got mentioned, or at least uh, some of the things that from our interview with her uh, earlier uh, were mentioned in the news. There is a very long article, by the way, in the Idaho Statesman, if you do want to read it. And, and I had commented to Chris last week, it, it's like when le- the uh, Commissioner Van Beek agreed to be on the show, uh, I said, all right, now how long is it going to be before um, all this hits the fan and we start to hear a little bit more? Because as of right now, people uh, meet, are showing up to commission meetings and wanting to find out information. None of the information has come out. Well, here we are less than a week later, and uh, yesterday an article in the uh, Idaho Statesman appeared. Um, emails um, have been released. Some of the commissioners um, have uh, also allowed the emails to be released. Uh, there were a couple of the commissioners um, that did not allow due to current attorney-client privilege, but six of the elected officials, uh, excluding Smith, Commissioner Smith and White, waived their attorney-client privilege to have the emails released to the statesman. Um, I, I read the whole thing yesterday. I, so much of this is he said, she said. We still have no proof. And, and I'll say that the same, I mean, with, with Commissioner Van Beek, who was in with us last week. Um, we got her side of the story, and we said that. We said this is her side of the story and what her opinions and her thoughts are. And once again, in the article in The Statesman, we get the side of the uh, story from the eight individuals who have asked for Commissioner Van Beek's resignation in a letter. Um, but once again, a lot of the stuff is, is he said, she said. I mean, one of the things um, that was brought up was um, related to personnel uh, issues. Uh, six officials outlined what they had said. Um, been three years of misconduct by Van Beek, false accusations against him, violations of trust. Uh, the six said dozens of things contributed to their belief that Van Beek was not fit to be a commissioner, but they said that the problem came to a head when they found out that Van Beek had been working with adversarial attorneys against the county in pending litigation. So this is the he said, she said part of the thing. Van Beek um, then said, Quoting here, I categorically deny the allegation. Uh, she said this in a text. I absolutely, it absolutely never happened. Talking about working with adversarial 
lawyers in the uh, suit against the uh, city. Um, there are also claims by the eight individuals that Van Beek was said to be digging up dirt. You mean trying to find out the truth about things or just trying to <laughs> I mean, that's, slander that, people or that's, what? That's the dumbest thing ever. I mean, because you're not, she wasn't accused of slandering. Um, they called it digging up dirt. So you try oh, to I mean, make you, you try to make that sound really bad, but what you're doing, basically, in my way, when I hear somebody say they're trying to dig up dirt, is trying to get information. Well, yeah, uh, but I mean, there's nothing illegal about get, digging uh, digging up dirt or finding information about somebody. True, uh, using it as sort of a weapon, it might be a little unethical at times. But on the other hand, if it's just a search for truth, I'm not sure how you can uh, compete with that. Yeah. Joe uh, wrote in and says, "For your caller who slammed Doctor Pate." He is now retired, having been gone from St. Luke's for over a year and a half. The new construction on mostly open space is for building a new hospital tower, expanding and modernizing St. Luke's Cancer Institute, and expanding and upgrading the current hospital, TOW. T-O-W. I'm not sure what that is. I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, tower, probably. Oh, yeah. Probably cut off those oh, It was an abbreviation for tower, I guess. Once again, I think there's a, a little bit of confusion um, out there as far as the hospitals, I think a lot of people think that the hospitals are state-run agencies or federal-run agencies. And the hospitals in our state are not. They are private businesses, So, and they're in the business to make money. They're not in the business to break even. They're not in the business to lose money. Well, they're... They're they're technically nonprofit though, even though they are private. they're nonprofit. Yeah. But I mean, still they have to be able to pay all their bills. So the the idea is not to lose money, well, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and be able to have enough money to do things like this to make you know changes to add on and, and whatever. But I think the mis the 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 assumption is by a lot of people that their state agencies and our tax dollars are going towards it, and that's that's just not the case. Um, at least for St. Luke's, St. Al's, primary health, yeah, etc. I've, I've known a lot of people who just assume that hospitals are run by the government. Yeah, and they're not. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. We've got one more segment on the way. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is 952. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper, and uh, on the phone line, Randy. Boise, thanks for being patient. Uh, you are on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Uh, two things. Quickly, as far as the whole issue on the border, if at some point, and I know why, you know, there's a pretty good reason why it didn't happen. If there was a wall there, then we wouldn't be arguing about it because they'd be on the other side of the wall, and it would be our choice of whether they got on our side or not. When there's no wall, then it's a whole different ball game. But although, if, if the that, Biden administration decided to just open up the gates and say, "Hey, you can come in," then you'd still have the same problem. But you're right; then it comes down to decision. Right. They, they, they have to visibly not just look the other way. They have to open the door, right. which is a different political act. The other thing on your if you've got a political board and you've got five, seven, nine members, you're always going to have some people on there that disagree. But there's unanimity that somebody doesn't belong there. They probably don't belong there. But here, here's the question. Is it the job of those eight administrators, two two commissioners and six other administrators, 
to take that person off the board since they aren't the one that put her there? Or is it the job of the electors and the voters to either elect her again, re-elect her, or elect her off when it comes time for the election? That that That's a, a one of the questions that... You know, I find interesting because they did not put her on that on the uh, commission. The voters did. But if anybody, if anybody knows what she's doing, open meeting, closed meeting, they do. If anybody knows, there's a reason, a serious reason. I mean, I don't, I don't think you get unanimity to remove her if there wasn't something significant. And with a, with all the games that are played with uh, what you can and can't say in public, uh, the it's easy to, let's see, difficult. To do anything about it oh it's a personnel matter we can't talk about it mm-hmm. but if the personnel matter involves uh some sort of duplicity or uh a potentially illegal act and you're all aware of it and you let it go on because you don't want to do anything about it that doesn't sound good see and i and i totally get that and i agree with you 100 percent. if there is you know proof of uh, illegal activities then something would definitely need to be done about it but even in this article and i read the whole article when it came out last night i kept expecting all right finally we're going to have some proof of of something and, and still it, it comes down that's why i mentioned it. it's i go it's still he said she said they're you know they're alleging that this happened and she's alleging that this happened and there's a back and forth and nobody has proof of anything it's just everybody saying this is happening but nobody is showing proof. And that's kind of the frustration that people are showing in the uh, commission meetings. They're showing up for these meetings saying, hey, we want to know what's going on, and you're still not, you're still not telling us exactly what's going on. And even in this article, and once again, if you want to read the article, it's a very long article in the Idaho Statesman today, um, I, 